another interview edition of Spark. I'm your founder, Josh Gallegos, and joining me this week for what will be our, I believe, fourth, third, fourth interview. It's your fourth. Fourth interview already, wow, um, is my great friend, Jacob Van Hall. Jacob, Hello. how are you doing? I'm fantastic tonight. Good, it's good, good. Yes, it is It is a little bit later, so trying to keep up the energy here, and hopefully this is a good conversation. I am expecting it to be because uh, you have a lot of interesting thoughts. So starting sure. off, go ahead and just introduce yourself, where you're from, what you're doing. My name is Jacob Van Hall. I'm from Fremont, Michigan, which okay. is over on, well, you can't see this on the phone, but I'm over on this side of the state, so okay. about a half hour from Lake Michigan. So if we're talking about the hand, it yes. would be next to the pinky bottom knuckle. Op- yes, exactly right. Perfect. Opposite side. Really close to Manistee National Forest. Okay. Uh, I'm from Michigan, came all the way down here so I wouldn't have to shovel snow in the winter. There you it's go. It's been working for me ever <laughs> since. No. Uh, and you asked what I was studying. I can't remember or not. You don't remember what you're studying? I can't remember if you asked me Oh, that please or not. tell. Yeah, let us know. All right. <laughs> it's been a process. As an undergrad, I studied youth ministries. Okay. And I'm just now finishing up my graduate degree in speech education. So I'll be walking tomorrow. Not to date this or anything, but... Yeah, you just did. Yeah. <laughs> Edit that out. No, it's all right. It's all right. People can know that if they listen Surprise. to this. Surprise. Yeah, now they can figure out where this, this all happened. white club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be cleaning right now, and we are not. Um, why did you pick speech after having taken youth ministries? That's a great question. Part of the reason, I'd say 35% is because I wanted the teaching experience, and I figured I'd have yeah. a better chance of getting into a speech classroom than mm-hmm. anywhere else. I loved that as an option, and I think speech and youth ministries are pretty closely related. No matter where you go, you need to be able to communicate the message of the gospel clearly. Absolutely. And reach people on all sorts of different levels. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I took, I have a speech minor, a little small, you know, it's not a major, so, yeah. No way. So, because of that, um, I feel like I actually have a lot more um, communication skills than if I had just taken education classes. Okay. So... I think that a speech degree is incredibly important in that Very respect. Supplemental, yeah. So, so what are you planning on doing with those in the future? That's a great question. I know I settled on youth ministries because I wanted to help people, those who had grown up in Christian schools, Christian homes, and churches. Uh, I'd seen plenty of people from my home and other churches around the area that had young people who grew up in this really closed environment, and then when they got out, didn't really never really stayed and it really yeah this disappointing and even i i had this short <laughs> there's this play i put together earlier on in the semester and i was talking to the cast members and the crew and through that poll i got to hear from a lot of people i'm not going to say everyone but a vast majority made a profession of faith when they were young and then middle school high school even college People had doubts about salvation yeah. and about church, and some of them had to get that reaffirmed. So there's plenty of double guessing nowadays, and I, I think I wanted to be able to help people through youth ministries and through speech together to help keep that generation focused on God and not to get distracted by what's around them. So long story short, I'd love to be able to help the youth no matter where that is, camp ministry, school, hmm. as a teacher. That's admirable. I, I um I appreciate that because it's like you you noticed a problem mm-hmm. and you felt like you had po- possibly the ability to fix that problem or at least do your best. I had a desire to fix that right. problem whether yeah. or not there's the ability. And I think that that's, um, I, I'll, I'll say the word noble. I okay. think it was noble, definitely. Um, just to get to know you a little bit more and your heart a little bit, what, like, 
this isn't really your heart. This is the question that I have written down. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> what do you do in your free time? Oh! <laughs> it doesn't really have to do with your heart. Yes. Um, but my heart. <laughs> getting to know you as a person. Oh, man, that's a great question. What are some things you enjoy doing? Okay. If I had to choose how to spend an evening, it would probably be anything other people are doing. Uh, if I got to choose the activity, though, I love playing board games. When I go back home, I love to bring out board games to play with family, friends. Um, we have a really great disc golf course that has nothing to do with board games, but I like to go outside and play disc golf. It's like golf a giant board game that you it interact is. with, it's, it's with your whole body. It's easier than golf, so <laughs> we figured that'd be poor man's golf. So what's your favorite board game? My, ooh, that's a tough question because I have favorite board games, but more than playing my favorite game, I like to see that the people who played the game don't hate each other afterwards. Okay. So there's this cool game that's kind of a, a group game, Pandemic, that I really yeah. love. Oh, man. Yeah. It, we have to work together. It's more of a puzzle. So that, right, it, right. it still uses tons of strategy, but it's less, it's more collaborative. Not competitive. Uh, it, oh, yeah, not against each other. You're right. Yeah. So that does defeat the purpose. I like other games, but I'd say that's probably one of my favorite ones. Universally well-loved. Well, that's actually a good segue into talking about the main topic I want to talk about, which will also show your heart. So okay. I guess it'll it'll go full circle here. What a um, I have noticed in you, and as I've just observed, you know, the way that you hold yourself and the way that you interact with other people, this this love of individuals and this this desire to build relationships with a plethora of individuals, not just, you know, I feel like most people kind of have these close friends and that's it. Mm -hmm. And they're happy with that. And even with you, what you said about the board game just now, it seems as if part of the reason that you enjoy it is because it's in this group setting and interactive setting where you have multiple individuals who are all enjoying Mm -hmm. themselves. Um, So you seem like a social beast. Would you consider yourself um, more of an outgoing guy. Oh uh, yeah. I'm pretty boring myself. So I try to find other people <laughs> to hang out with as much as I can. That's great. So how important have friends and how important is that aspect of life to you? Oh, hugely important. Like I said, I noticed that, that need in other people, I think one of the most satisfying things for me would be to, to help or encourage others around me as much as I can. And kind of, I guess my life goal, you might say. So even in small interactions throughout the day, if I can help people uh, in any way, that's, that's what I love to do. So I like mm. to, that's kind of on a deeper level in passing as friends, just as doing something fun, man, absolutely love it. That's huge. I I do enjoy doing stuff by myself, but that would also be like reading um about other people might have died so history books and stuff i mean (laughs) i I can't think of anything that i just want to sit there and do nothing because i hate people no that was actually going to be my my next question was if are there any parts of your life where you feel like you prefer not being around people and i you kind of just answered that but yeah there are times when especially if it's been a massive influx of people but most of the time i think i'm up to the challenge every once in a while not so much but I think everyone has to have a time occasionally to settle down and relax a little bit and just not think about anything. But I, I get my energy from other people. So sure. when you go to establish these friendships, these relationships, yeah, what's your goal? <laughs> what's my goal? Like, what are you like? What are you been like? <sighs> for one, I think you yourself kind of feed, feed off, off of that, that. Yeah, right. But like, sure. when you're, I don't know, even even like picking the people that you want to establishes a relationship with do you have 
a specific idea in mind of like what you want to see these people do or like or what you want them to help you with that kind of thing i guess i who knows maybe this is delving into childhood psychology but when i was in high school we had a really small group of people that attended about the same age yeah and for some reason i don't know what it was but you wouldn't think you could have a five-person Christian school, high school, and still have clicks, but we did. And then there were there were a couple oh, no. guys who were really close friends, and they didn't have as much time for some of the younger guys in the high school. Yeah. And for some reason, about that time, I don't know if I made a conscious decision to or not, but I, even then in high school, you want to you make friends with everybody. I love talking to other people, but I think there's a point then where I decided if they don't have time to talk to me or they're trying to exclude me whether on purpose or on accident then that's not where i need to be bending my energy i don't need to go pleasing people who don't need my time instead i want to focus on those people who whether or not they're the popular people or the cool people they other people need help too other people need that interaction absolutely everyone calls for it so it's not always i i would just as willingly talk to someone who might not seem as outgoing i think and who may not necessarily benefit you yeah exactly which is a weird way of thinking of it that sounds really shallow no i think no i think that's um, and the reason i'm making this distinction is because i think a lot of people when they view friendships they view it in a selfish way in like a i am only establishing relationships that are beneficial to me and i've noticed in you that a lot of the times you reach out to people regardless of whether they can give you something back you do it even sometimes because you feel like they I don't want to make this sound like um, egotistical, but like mm. they need you or someone like you who will step in. Do you feel like that's part of your motivation? Maybe part of it, yeah. I mean, M- maybe you don't even think about it that maybe way. Maybe they're always willing to talk to me. And that's <laughs> the only reason I keep talking to people who, who might not have as many friends. But uh, and if you're listening to this, you probably have friends. I'm just saying. Um, I might talk to you too. It doesn't mean you can't have friends to be my friend. But no, I... I think that's one big distinction. If you're trying to Im- impress everybody, then in the end, I think you're you're missing the point of, of friendship, mm. basically. People do need help. People do need interaction. I think that's clearly found in the Bible. Um, God tells us to meet as encouragement as Christians. So you can see that principle played out in all sorts of areas. So if you're going out there to help yourself, well, then that's not nearly as fulfilling as trying to find somebody else who might need that conversation more than you. Hmm. That's good. Do you feel like, um, there is an aspect of friendship as far as like being able to, I don't want to say impress, but like being able to find people who are drawn to you, not only because you're talking to them, but because of your own attributes. Do you think that that's like part of that is healthy as long as it's not the main focus. So taking it in a, in a semi-selfish way, but... Maybe. I think... Okay, sure. I, I think I know what you're trying to say. I'd say maybe it's a similar caveat. I'm not sure if we're on the same track or not. But everybody has something, some quality that's beneficial. It might not seem like it on the outside, but some of the quietest people have some of the biggest personalities. Oh, absolutely. And if you'll just wait and talk to them, you'll find that. Yeah. So it's not like... I can't think of anybody who's perfectly boring to talk to has no idea about anything who doesn't care. Everyone has something that will be fun to to discover or talk about in conversation. You just have to figure out what it is. Um, and some people might be a little bit shyer, but if you wait 
and are patient with them. You don't have to force conversation if they're not comfortable, but always keeping that open, um, always trying to be at least surface friendly. So they feel that welcomeness, that, that path is always available if they ever feel comfortable taking it. So do you, are you, um, a big believer in kind of like having a close handful of people and then everyone else just kind of a surface level, like, Hey, like you're there for them sort of, Mm. but you're not like necessarily focused on engaging on a deeper level because you already are getting that from a smaller group? Uh, to some extent. Yes. I, I don't think you have to, if you really want to cultivate a close friendship, I believe that can be exhausting. It, it takes a bit of effort yeah. from one side to the other. Yep. And if you try to become close, close friends with everyone, I think heedless of whenever you need to take a nap, that could really be really be <laughs> harmful to you in the long run. Yeah. So no, I don't think it's necessary for you to go out of your way to become close friends or make close friends of everyone. Uh, you should... There are a couple different factors, but assuming that everyone is a perfect candidate to be a friend, like they're a close follower of God, uh, that'd be something I'd look into people. Oh, sorry about that. It's okay. Just so you know, I'm using his phone as a cheat sheet for these questions I'm asking, and it it just blanked off, so So, I asked him to help me. (laughs) I'll unlock it for you. Thanks. Uh, We were talking about something great. Friendship and... Next question. I lost it. I completely <laughs> lost it. That was a good thought, too. Oh. Man. All right. You know what? Um, I'm sure wherever you left off. We're just going to listen through this again <laughs> and figure great, out what it was. a great closing point. No. Um, I, can, I have another question, and, and actually it is kind of along the same line. So mm-hmm. maybe you'll be able to pick up your thought as well. But so. um, do you think there is a limit of close friends that you can have? Ooh, that's a Good question, and I think I'm starting to remember the last one I had. The limit of close friends you can have. I th- it's got to depend on the person. I don't think you can say the blanket number of close friends that any person in the world six. is. Yeah, six <laughs> close friends. Oh, that looks like they're courting a seventh friend. I can't have this. Get out of here. No, I, I guess it just depends on the somewhat the person's personality. Okay. And... Uh, overall schedule as well. Like here at college, I think you can have more close friends than normal because depending on who your roommates are, that's three built-in friends that you have to spend half of your life with. Yeah, they're built into the schedule. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Uh, So I'd say that there is more room for closer friendships in a place that's just filled with people all the time. Yeah. Now, that is a danger as well because with so many people, there's a chance that you might not take that time to focus on one or two people hmm. if you, I don't know. It, it could go both ways. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Do you feel like that's um, healthy to try and build as many close friendships as you can? Like, when you get down to it, yes, building friendships is important. Yes, having close friendships is important. Ooh. But was it? would you, like, if you're talking about just a cost-benefit analysis yeah, of time... Yeah. Okay, so now I think if we go any further, we're going to have to eventually discuss terms and definitions for what we mean by cultivating friendships and figuring out how many friends we need. Because ultimately, ultimately, the only friend that anybody really needs to have is Jesus Christ. Mm. If you have Jesus as your friend, and then it goes both ways because you could have maybe like more one-sided friendships than the other. I'd say in our case... Jesus is a better friend to me than I am to him by far. Yeah. 
So using that as our model for friendship, Jesus has already cultivated the closest friendship that he can with us. He knows us intimately. I'd say for us, if we focus on our end of the deal and show the highest form of friendship to everyone, then we're doing our job, if that makes sense. Trying to show the love of Christ to other people. Regardless um, no of how they close are, you get. Exactly. No matter how much time you spend always having that same quality of friendship hmm. through the format that Jesus gave. Trying to be sacrificial when people ultimately need it. Trying to share the love of Christ to those. Share the news of Christ to others. That would be your end of the deal. Cultivating that friendship for yourself. Uh, yeah, I think... That kind of goes back to what I was talking about, seeing how people around you are grown and bettered through your interaction with them is in and of itself the f- the result and fruit of friendship Yeah, in part. Yes, yeah, sometimes you need to go talk to somebody that's a real person who can sit there and say, oh yeah, you you need a shoulder to cry on. I, I don't ask for shoulders to cry on, but as a figure of speech, right, you do right. sometimes need someone to talk stuff out with, Yeah, I would think. But more than that, I would say the benefit by far is being able to see the the improvement in other people around you because of you. What would you tell someone who maybe says, I don't need to invest more time in friendships with people because maybe they have a cynical view of it. So for instance, they're thinking, okay, if I'm spending my time investing in these people who potentially maybe they're a quieter person and they just potentially don't have anything to offer me. Mm, I'd rather okay. be spending my time bettering myself, you know, pushing my, my general ministry as far as like my own skill set, so that I can help a broader audience kind of thing. What would you say to someone who's more cynical towards um, working on friendships and is, and is happier being isolated, happier being kind of just, you know, do their own thing, fulfill what they know mm-hmm. they, they need yeah. to in their role and then move on. Uh, I'm trying to be, Careful, because you have to know what their intention is or why. I'm I would glad say, you said they're more. Let me let me say that their intention is not in the right place okay. as far as what you would consider the right place. Like so, based on what you know, so maybe in their head they're saying this is right, but that's because they're looking at it in a purely selfish way. Oh well, then what would you say to them? You're being selfish. <laughs> <laughs> you just told me the answer. Uh, because there are people, I, I think. It sounds weird to me, but who are genuinely scared of people? Oh, absolutely, in every form. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I have had to deal with that on my own. Like personally, I have had to deal with the fact that, like, I you're scared of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's surprising because I've I've worked on it, and so like at this point, huh. I'm a lot more comfortable with it. But like even coming here, do I scare you, Josh? I, you have always scared me. <laughs> <laughs> that has not changed. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. <laughs> no, but I I I guess the reason I'm bringing it up is because yeah. I myself have had that mentality in the past where it's like. Part of me is is scared of it, but the other part of me is thinking I don't need to invest in these people. Like, if even if it's at college, it's like I'm gonna be gone in four years, so why waste my time when I could be studying, or when I could be, um, you know, putting together my own, like, you know, pursuing my own interests. Hmm. I don't know if I can answer in, in one word. That's okay. Can, <laughs> answer can, in multiple. It's you podcast. can cut out any of this you want to, right? Yeah. All right, good. Yep. So edit it out later. This might never make it anywhere. All right. I, I think back to, I was student body president. This is news to a lot of people. But I, I know, right? I came into the student body president position thinking that I needed to fill a certain level of expectation. Like, oh man, student body presidents are cool people. 
right? I'm not naturally a cool person. How am I going to do this? Student body presidents are naturally very creative people. I don't know if I've got the creativity to impress an entire 3,000 person audience for a student body skit. What am I going to do? Right. On top of that was thrown in the, the mild pressure of having Jonathan Rondazzo, who was student body president my freshman year, to be one of the assistants. He was there as like a as the staff almost like a mentor kind of thing kind of you have well miss eshelman was what is that position called our student body advisor it uh what was mr lou for you guys he was our student body i know it's a weird position sponsor 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 was the word she was a sponsor and he was the the graduate assistant oh, oh okay co-sponsor okay and he they, they both did a fantastic job they they really worked with us I think they're both new to the position, so they worked really hard. But just the fact, like, okay, so you come in freshman year and you see these student body skits, and they're, these people are pros, like seniors, juniors, and everybody loves them already. How on earth are you? And then when he was there as the assistant, I got into my mind early on, completely wrongfully, that it was kind of a subtle competition. Like, hey, man, he was like the best student body president I've ever seen, hmm. that I've ever known of, and yeah. I have to, I have to impress him. I have to not only impress him, I have to work as hard as he did or harder in order to make this student body year something special, to make him think that this is going to be worth his time. So I got that stuck in my head, and I feel like that hurt me as a student body president going into some of my work. I had the wrong mentality. I was trying to impress the wrong person. I was trying to do stuff for the wrong motives, more self-serving. And I left that that year with that as regret, me not pursuing it, coming at it from the right angle. I tried to think of that afterwards. Um, the year after that was Dominic Burkhardt. He came in and uh, he came and sought me out because we kind of knew each other from some ministerial classes. And then you were the year after that, right? Yeah. Right after Dominic. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know you at all, I don't think. Not I don't much. think so. But that was one thing I wanted to remember. I said, however silly it was, Jonathan Rondazzo didn't know me at all. I Maybe he'd seen me around campus once. Um, but I felt like if he'd come up to me and tried to express an interest in what I was doing, saying, man, you're doing a great job. I love everything you're doing. Whether or not he did, the fact that he cared and was, was there to pray for me and, and like, hey, this is something that I went through. I thought that would have changed my entire perspective on that competition aspect. So I don't know that you ever had this in your mind, but I wanted to make sure I came up to you and made a point of, even though I really didn't know you, I didn't have any reason for you to know who I was, I wanted to go out and reach out to you hmm. to make sure that you knew that I was on your side, that there was no competition. Because I, I feel like that's a, a weird thing. People, students, every year come up and say, my best year of student body was back my sophomore year, and you're never going to match up to that. Yeah. So it's something I wanted to go out and clear, say, no, there's no there's no bar you ever have to meet on this side. This is just something that you have to reach for. To do your best. You have to represent the college as best you can. But I wanted to reach out in a different way. So I don't know if that answers the question, but instead of trying to better myself, I could have just let you do what you were doing that year. Right. But I wanted to reach out in order to clear up a mistake I felt like I'd seen. Not that Jonathan did anything wrong, but I had the wrong mindset. And, and he probably didn't that? understand that. So the, that goes back to reaching out to somebody that you might not have felt like you had an obligation to me. I didn't know you. Right. Basically a complete stranger. So did I have 
a duty to reach out to a student body president who had, no, I just felt empathy for you because of what I'd gone through and the misconceptions I'd had. And I wanted to clear those up no matter what. So I think if you can think like that about everyone and say, hey, all right, so maybe I was confused at one point about um, relationship to people, or maybe I thought that, I don't know, it, it can go all sorts of places. But I think the point is if you can reach out first to them and show that that friendship, then it, it removes so much more more problems and animosity. Or it can. It can. So what are the, so here's, the, I think the part that you didn't quite answer. I think that was a good answer, but I think the part that doesn't quite answer is if, <laughs> if someone had that mindset that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like this selfish mindset, but in their head they think, okay, but I, well, sh- I, should, I, I? should have my best interests in mind almost. What would you say to them that shows them that maybe having that yes. kind of mindset is beneficial or, or good or wholesome? Why is better? I would think personally that focusing on yourself is – almost like putting all of your eggs in one basket huh and to think about yourself you're very very limited as an individual yeah i I don't know if anybody realizes that if not well more power to them but to be able to to reach out to others maybe it's maybe it is selfish again because it's a little bit of a a release from yourself there's not as much pressure it's like if you're constantly building yourself up keeping yourself to uh this high standard and you should but if that's all you ever do and you don't think about other people around you, then uh, you've got an insane amount of expectation to hold. I think it's almost easier to say, oh, man, I did help them. I made a difference. And now look at where they are. That's encouraging to me. Yeah. Well, and if you helped them, then they're more willing to, once they're lifted oh, okay. up, turn around and help you. That's or another help, selfish or reason. Help somebody else. Yeah, true. That's another selfish reason to maybe do it, you know. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, in business, you know, everyone always talks about building connections, like – finding these people like people are the best um what's the word the best asset that you can have yeah so, absolutely and that's a i think that would be like a selfish motive but i think that answers the question towards someone who is more selfishly minded like hey going out there and putting yourself on the line reaching out to others it it does benefit you but on the same at the same time the more important thing and i think this would be mm-hmm. something they would have to work on in their own heart um is that you're benefiting others Oh, and sure. that's the key. You shouldn't go into it with the mentality of what am I, what can I get out of this? Because if you go into it with that mentality, you're not going to get much. And I'd say the simple answer, if you wanted to avoid any of that whole story we talked about. I love um, that story. Okay, good. You can keep it. It involved story. me. I like stories about me. <laughs> there was this one time I saw Josh Gagos walking down the street and I said, how handsome he looks. That's fantastic. How a lot of people think that. A lot of people think that. <laughs> I just took a quick poll and they said, who is the most handsome man on campus? They said, Josh Gallegos. We oh, love no, him. Definitely not that. No, anyway, so to, this is a serious answer. Okay. The simple answer would be to look at the example of Jesus again. I know he mm. was busy. I know he of all people had opportunities where he should be able to say, I need to focus on myself today. I cannot deal with those around me. And yet he had time for children. Mm. He had time for women, widows. He had time for hurting men. He had time for publicans who were despised. He really did go out and reach for the outcasts in society because they were the ones who needed him. Hmm. And he, no matter who they were, what quality of life they seemed to offer, whether they had any position to help him or not, he went out of his way in order to show that true love. I think that's the whole master mold that we should be trying to follow 
in the end. No matter how tired he was, he stayed up late to talk to to Nicodemus. We've got all sorts of examples where he could have been resting and he chose not to. So that actually kind of gets into the next question I want to ask, which is, um, as a Christian, do you think that friendships are more, like, are, are I, I think that they, they should be more important to a Christian because of that outreach aspect of, yeah, that, of, yeah. of the Christ, um, you know, Christ as our um, example and using that to kind of push us forward. But what about, uh, what about it makes it more important from a Christian perspective? Mm, uh, so like because a lot of people in the secular realm you know they have their friends but there's no other than the fact that they make them happy or you know in, in another selfish way that's the only reason they have them so as as a christian do we have a higher calling when it comes to friendships and what is that would you could you lay that out maybe it's obvious I to mean, you but i don't know if it's obvious i kind of thought you you said it in your question outside of the outreach aspect so i don't know what outside of the outreach aspect there might be i feel okay. like that's most of it so i that's think most that of it. is okay the ultimate reason um i guess we could we could look at uh, part of the question that comes to mind is can can people who aren't saved have this true friendship or true, we're delving into a different term we haven't defined, love, a true love for each other. Hmm. I'd say that friendship is defined by the love that you have for one another, and that being how much you're willing to give of yourself, how much you're willing to sacrifice. A greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. We've got in that, that one verse, love and friendship, very, very closely intertwined, in fact, being the definition for the one for the other. Uh, so sacrifice love and friendship i think are also closely intertwined as an unbeliever i i think you can have those for sure but it's going to be for a different motive than what a christian would should have would you think would you say that that's not even a true friend oh that's dangerous to say <laughs> that is a dangerous word to say i no no i don't think so I think you can for sure have true friends even as an unsaved person. I think that would be okay. somewhat. So then what makes a true friend if it's not that Even if you don't love. have the, even you don't have the knowledge of Christ that's guiding you or the, maybe the, the desire of Christ behind it. The fact that you do have, a, a, if you have a love that's willing to sacrifice your own life for someone else, I sound that, that does sound like true friendship okay. to me. Yeah, so you, you can, can get any, that. Anybody from, can have that. You can get that from a different source. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah, no matter what it is, okay. I think so. That I would believe is still true friendship. Now, is it um, biblical? Is it a biblical friendship? Now, that is completely different. Right. Okay. I don't know if that answers the question. No, it does actually. Um, so, do you have any final thoughts on these? The idea of friendship, maybe some tips that you give to people who have a hard time with it or just don't see the purpose of it. Just some last, like, final things. If you had to give, like, one tip to someone, okay, what would it be? One tip to someone would be to go talk to people. <laughs> and I know that sounds really silly, but I've been to different churches where you walk on in, you're like, oh, man, that church was really wasn't friendly to me at all. But... All you did was go on in and sit down in the pew and wait for people to, as you're staring straight up at the ceiling or straight in front of you, wait for people to come and interrupt your gaze and reverie in order to make you feel welcome. Right. Now, that's not going to be the most inviting stance. You need to go up and ask a question, um, go up and say hi, start somewhere small. 
or even if you wave something small like a wave and a smile acknowledging people mm. eye contact <laughs> i know they're really little things but if you invite that conversation um that that's going to be a big first step and if you really are you just you've looked everywhere and you can't find good friends that are that are popular maybe look at people that others deem unpopular most other people are probably confused <laughs> my i had a friend um who built a relationship with another individual simply by smiling at them every day. Really? Never actually introduced himself to this other guy. Um, and they became good friends after, but like for over the course of an entire semester, every time he'd pass by him, he'd smile at him. And by the end of the semester, oh, this wow. guy came up to him and was like, why are you always smiling at me? <laughs> so and after that, they actually like became good friends and they hang out now. And like, you know, it's like they're good buddies. And it was just like, it was just that one, like, he just put in this extra effort. Yeah. He was doing it to creep him out. <laughs> so maybe, no, I would say maybe that's not something have, you do just for fun. Maybe he didn't have the best motives, but it's just so funny to me that he literally made a friend just by smiling at a person. That is really cool. I do have another... I, I think that that's a really great tip, but I think that there are a lot of people... Go ahead. ...who take it too far. Um, and what they on earth are do you mean? <laughs> ...over-the-top friend, friendly, like, and they, they go and, like, they corner people. Oh, You okay. know? Like, they'll corner someone and be like... I am talking to you because I am here to be become a friend of someone. And oh, yeah. it's like yeah. the other person is just like, I, you know, like I can't deal with this, you know? So where's the balance there? Like, <laughs> I feel like it might be obvious, but there are people who clearly oh, no, no. it is not obvious to them. You know, there is no balance. Go creep out people <laughs> as much as you want to. Uh... Don't listen to him. <laughs> I'm a professional. Trust me. <laughs> All right. So yeah, there is a very clear balance. And I think, that's something you'll have to learn through trial and error. <laughs> okay. I don't know. So you uh, don't know until you try. Uh, it, trying and failing is one way to find out that's how not true. to become a friend for sure. That's true. And do you try to avoid campus-specific things at all or no? Go for it. If, okay. It, it, I think it can be related in other situations. This, has, this might not even have anything to do with the specific topic, but I earlier on in the semester, I thought it would be... All right, so when you, when you come onto campus, you're supposed to sign something. I think the application has a questionnaire about what you believe, what church you go to, are you saved? Yeah. So entering in, most people, whether they're lying or not, is completely irrelevant. The fact that they put on the application that they do have a church they go to and that they do believe in Jesus puts us all on the same level. We should be brothers and sisters in Christ. So this is probably not really friendship specific but here at pcc man we have everybody's fair game all right so you have to be careful in how you approach people but you have one thing for sure in common and that's one of the deepest conversations you can have jesus christ mm. you can talk about it anywhere now i know that we have weird campus rules and guidelines that um, are going to be tough to break even if you wanted to but that should theoretically free you up to go talk to anybody at a random dinner table huh um uh, you have something very deeply in common, or that should be central to both of your lives. Yeah. Um, at the center of your life. And you, that should be some of the easiest ways to make friendships. Now, once again, you could make that creepy, as you said, by going up, how how are your devotions recently? Oh. Just staring at people. Like, oh, <laughs> you I've, made me I've, uncomfortable. I've never met you before. <laughs> I don't know. My devotions are great. Who are you? <laughs> but you can start off by... By sharing, if you don't mind, I've got some blessings that God has really blessed me with recently. You, you can talk about something that's a little bit more nonspecific if you want to. You don't have to jump into, 
what is your biggest struggle with sin? <laughs> you don't have to dump into something that nobody's going to trust you with. But I think there is so much opportunity for friendships that, that go completely ignored here, of all places, where everyone around you should be a brother and or sister in Christ. Yeah. And people miss it. They just do. Just not not watching. And I don't know what that is. If people are are nervous, they don't know how to interact with people yet, or maybe they're afraid. There seems to be oh, coming in freshman year. There's so many people who looked at. Um, there was a family on campus who was pretty popular, and they got to sing in church a whole lot. And they, people had a misconception that some of these people were super stuck up and selfish because they wouldn't go out of their way to talk to everybody. Maybe they're just shy. Huh. Uh, so it's it's weird, but you can't go around assuming other people aren't going to want to talk to you until you go talk to them first. Does that make sense? Yeah. So a lot of people say, oh, they're not going to like me. You know, have you tried to open up a discussion with them? Ask them about them as opposed to telling them about you right away. you got all sorts of options. I think that that's something a lot of people are missing today in that they're they're so e- quick to to make judgments to decide what the person is like without actually going and trying to figure out yeah and i think that that's something that our culture through social media through the just the high maintenance busyness of it all it kind of pushes that and that you it's just because it's so quick you kind of just maybe make a snap decision based on what someone's wearing or based on yeah. the way that they walk and then you move on and i think that we as a culture need to work on being friends to people who are and, and, and i mean outside of the fact that this is what god has called us to do is yeah. to reach out to others and to love on others it's just good for a culture to be friendly to each other oh, you for know sure. like just on a rational, logical level, that is something that is of benefit. And I think that that's something that's missing. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about all this today. Um, go for it. I but, also believe, I, I talked a whole lot about talking to people who might not be popular. Just as a caveat, the most friendly social butterflies that you'll ever meet also have times where they need interaction from other people. So don't discount them. Like, oh, they've got tons of friends. They're set for life. Yeah. There are times where you'll find some of those popular people in the world stuck off to the side eating by themselves. That's, once again, PCC specific. Or having a bad day. So you don't have to limit it to one person. Just be observant. And if you find anybody who who seems like they could use a joyful conversation, go ahead and find something that they can talk about to you. Normally, people will like to share about themselves. Oh, absolutely. I also would say, along with that... um, be careful not to get stuck with people that are just in your own interests, yeah. within your own interests. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. A lot of people, well, and I think that that's a, it's a good starting point. Mm-hmm. So if there's something you're interested in, yeah, go get involved in like a program or, a, you know, a play production, something like that, that you know you're going to meet people who are also interested in that. And you can kind of start building friends that way. But you need to go outside of that interest bubble and talk to other people. I Want- just like how you're assuming that speech people are the ones who need more friends. That's just the one that came to mind. They're, but- <laughs> <laughs> They're friendless individuals. Go out there. No, um, the I, I just feel like there are other people with totally different perspectives on life, totally different yeah. ideas that you can benefit from, that you can learn from, that can help you grow and help sharpen you in ways that you've never been sharpened before. And people are missing that because instead of leaving fifth floor where all their engineering buddies are, um, like, are because yeah. they're not doing that, yeah. they're missing out on all these other things. So much. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that would be one thing. I, I, it seemed like you had a thought. I don't know if 
But that was like the the one other thing that I thought needed to be said. That's something that I think a lot of people miss. Oh, for sure. And diversity doesn't have to just be through what course they're studying. It can also be through through regions. Uh, we've got people mm. from all over the world. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It depends on where you live. New York City, some places over in California. You've got completely worldwide cultures. That's what's unique about here, especially in America. You can learn so much by somebody who has grown up with a completely different worldview. Yeah. A completely different side of the world. And that, to me, is also fascinating. You can get in conversations with people who have a completely different political view here in America. And that, right, though maybe aggravating at times to see where their logic to you goes askew is also has it so interesting it there are so many people and beneficial to both sides it is, it is. you Being can still be friends with people of completely opposite viewpoints yeah you can oddly enough you really can and mm-hmm. people i think don't realize that i actually it's interesting that you brought up the other cultures thing because i've been and a few of these episodes will have been posted by the time this one is mm-hmm. i've been talking with people who have been in other cultures because i think that's a that's something that we as americans don't do enough of or don't even think of it's like even even in our traditional circles, though, I think that we, we may handle it a little bit better than others, but we, and the fact that America is kind of like this melting pot, it yeah. tends to incorporate a lot of these things. But I think especially now in our country, we've gotten to a point where like everyone, everyone's isolated in their own little parts of it. And, sure. and that's where we get like the, the salad bowl, um, instead of a, men- a melting pot. I've heard those two different yeah, terms yeah, used I, interchangeably, I know what you mean. but I think we need to take the time to recognize that you know what America can learn from other places. We're sure we're we've been we've been at the top for a few things in history, right? And I think that we should be patriotic. I think we should love our country, but I think that we also need to recognize that everyone else is human and we are human. We're all on the same level. Though. And yeah. we can learn what there's neither Jew nor Greek. Exactly, right. Um, so I appreciate that you brought that up because that's definitely something I've been interested in recently and been trying to address a little bit through this. It is really cool. Yeah. It is really cool. It's awesome. I have, I mean, I have a Papua New Guinea and a friend who I love talking to because he has such a unique view of how everything works. Like he didn't grow up with toilet paper. And so it's just like, he appreciates toilet paper in a way that I've never thought of toilet paper before. And I know that's maybe a little bit more crass, yes, but it took the conversation <laughs> to a whole new level. But boy. I'm just saying like, I appreciate that friendship in a totally different way than I can any other American friendship. And not just because of the toilet paper, <laughs> there are other reasons, but <laughs> I had a guy come up to me the other day and said a dime. Is it five cents? 10 cents? Is what? <laughs> yeah, this one right here. I said it's it's ten. Said, Do they not have the same money where you're from in Fiji? He's like, no, no, they don't. Not at all. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I could have told you anything you wanted to, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, it is really. And I'd even extend that beyond. So you got cultures around the world. You've got different courses of study here. You you even have different, I guess, stripes of faith. You've got people who oh, have different yeah. opinions on some of the most interesting conversations. And this is not to be combative. But music, okay, so that can be divisive on all sorts of levels. But if you take the time to listen and hear what people believe about what music is acceptable and where, that in and of itself is interesting. And that's one aspect of worship, let alone other beliefs that different churches hold and the ways that they do their services. It can be, man, there's so much out there. There's so much information you can find from people if you take the time to to talk. Yeah, I think I've been trying to get this across with a lot of the things I've been doing because, and that's the whole point 
of, or at least the original point of Spark, which was a conversation for mutual improvement. That's the tagline. And it's because I think that we, as a culture, as a world, have not taken the time that we need to to have conversations with other people. And I think one of the biggest reasons why is because we don't invest in friendships. And I think that that's something um, you do a phenomenal job of. And I really appreciate that about you. And I think if we had a lot more people who recognize that, hey, the, this this time here on this earth should not all be about me. I need to be taking this time to see what others um, need, to, to see what I can learn from others, you yeah. know, and, and what I can incorporate into what I'm doing. And to just show that love of Christ in the way that he intended us to. 100%. I can't really don't have anything to add to that but it just felt like i had to say something here here hey, <laughs> yeah. i i agree um, so thank you for coming on i appreciate this for sure and it's i wish pleasure. you the best of luck in your future endeavors and i can't wait to see where god takes you and i hope that we stay in contact as friends as friends yes <laughs> i do Josh, yeah. i appreciate it too it's been a lot of fun yeah uh so this has been spark thanks for listening uh, um i hope that you guys enjoyed just two guys talking about friendship and the ideas behind it you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. That's where our main uh, podcast is. We also have a website, sparkpodcasting.com. That's podcasting.com, I-N-G at the end of podcast. It's complicated. Um, it's, oh, so, yeah, I, I hope you guys can handle that. Um, and then we also have, of course, an Instagram. It's very active. A Twitter. I'm working on resetting our Facebook page, so we'll get that up as well. Uh, you can find us all there. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, please email us at contact at sparkpodcasting.com and we will take whatever corrections you think that needed to be done oh, through the great. episode. If we misspoke, if we stated a fact incorrectly, please keep us honest and we will read that. That's a way that you can be involved in the conversation um, and we'll read that on the next episode. Thanks again for listening. Jacob, thank you again for coming on. 100%. Yep. Thank you for having me. And we're out. <laughs>